On today's podcast, I had Chris Jefferson on out of Virginia. Chris is a real estate investor who's been doing it for over 10 years. He's got a really cool story. He talks about how he got started in 08 when everything just hit the fan and he had to figure out what to do after dropping out of college to pursue it. Along with that, we go into his journey as a fix and flipper starting out to then getting into new development. We also talked about how he has transitioned into wholesaling and how it actually saved his business from his cash flow problems. It was really cool to hear. Along with that, we talked about how he is building a huge education space and platform for students um, who are really trying to get started in real estate investing. And we actually dive deep into mindset on this one. I don't get a lot of time to talk about mindset, but uh, we had some really interesting things that we talked about towards the end of the episode that you don't want to miss. So with all that being said, let's jump into it. Welcome to The Ryan Pineda Show, where our mission is to invest I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. You're now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Ryan Pineda Show. Today, I've got me a real estate investor out of Virginia. We don't get many Virginia guys around here, so it's good to chat with you and see what's going down. And what do you call it? VA? That's VA, slang man. For VA. It? Absolutely. All right. So we got none other than Chris Jefferson. What up, man? What's going on, brother? Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, dude. So we were talking a little pre-show about um, your career, man. You've been doing this for a minute. Long time, man. Uh, got in the business in, you know, 2008. Uh, Great you know, time. <laughs> crazy times, right? <laughs> so I get in in 2008. Uh, you know, I never forget this. All right. So September 2008, Lehman Brothers Falls. And I just dropped out of school. To do real estate full time, mm, college, uh, college. I was at VCU, okay. and uh, and let me clarify, right? I don't want to say that I dropped out. Uh, shout out to my mom; um, she believes that I dropped out. I was getting kicked out, and then I decided <laughs> to to go ahead and, and head out of there. I'm not gonna ask why you got kicked <laughs> out, but so I'm focusing on I'm focusing on real estate, man. And I'm just like, there's something here, like there's synergy here. Real estate for me was the first thing that I came across, and I felt like all the concepts made sense. Everything kind of clicked. And so in 2008, I leave school, boom, the market just nosedives. Right. And so I'm kind of in this, this weird influx position of, like, what do I do now? Right. And uh, found out about wholesaling, kind of got knee-deep in. It was a hard time to wholesale. And then from there, 2010, I uh, pivoted into doing fix and flip new construction and uh, kind of just started riding kind of, I call it pivoting, right? Like, you got to have a pivot foot. You know, right. I grew up playing basketball. And so it's like, how can you use your pivot foot to continue to execute and make a play? Mm. And so I, like you know, I kept coming up with these new kind of fresh concepts in my business to kind of pivot into. And I've been doing that for 12 years now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So 2010, you said new construction is what you started? No. With? So, I, so I got into fix and flip in 2010. 2010. Right? Okay, and the and reason I got into fix and flip is because uh, I remember seeing that there was Bush had created a tax credit. For first-time home buyers for sixty-five hundred dollars, yeah, and so I'm like, man, I'm like, why would somebody not buy a house if they could get sixty-five hundred dollars from the government? It's their down payment. They're got <laughs> people are going to buy houses, and so you know, I'm early twenties, and, and thankfully I had the wherewithal at the time. So I said to myself, well, uh, what's the first-time home buyer market in Richmond, Virginia? You know, like if somebody wants to buy a home, just middle-of-the-road family, what's their price point? And at the time, the market had bottomed out, so that price point was 150000 or lower. And so I just had the realization that, okay, well, if I can build a product or renovate a product under 150000 it's got to be sellable. Right. And so we kind of jumped nose, you know, nose first into it. And uh, it's funny because we kind of talked a little bit. Very, very similar, man. So I realized, I'm like, man, this is, needs to be a production model. You know, why would we make every flip different if we want to scale uh, so we called it the Henry Ford model. We had like an ABC model. Uh, every single house that we did that that year, we did around forty houses, and uh, you know they fit three different, like one of three different categories, and we just rinsed and repeated. Uh, but then I made a classic mistake. All right, so that's 2010. You know, fast forward to 2012, done about 80 renovations so far, and uh, you know I start getting this itch. All right, to abandon this model that's been working flawlessly. And I say, hey, I'm kind of getting, not burnt out, but uh, why don't we do something different, you know? And so I say, well, let's do bigger projects. Let's do custom projects. Let's build houses. You know, let's 
find renovations where each one is unique. Let's hire a design team. And we kind of started kind of going knee deep into that. And so I started building houses in 2013 and kind of started progressing from there. Nice. How'd that go? Uh, so it was cool, man. So uh, what well, was cool till it wasn't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> how, how about that? So, uh, <clears throat> you know, so look, 2013, I get into fix and flip. I'm sorry, not fix and flip, new construction. And the reason I got into it is I bought a house that was falling down. And I'm sure you're probably a, a real estate junkie like I am. You know, the house looked fine from the inside and never been inside the house. Uh, so from outside, it like it was perfectly fun. Go in the house, it's caving in. My contractor's looking at me like, bro, <laughs> this isn't the one. Like, you know, you need to just tear this down, build a new house. And for me, I'd never built a house before. Right. And I had this misconception that I didn't know how to build it. And he's like, look, he's like, you've been doing full gut renovations. Like, it's not that complicated. You're missing footings of foundation and framing. You know, aside from that, it's essentially the same product. Like, it's the same thing. So I kind of, you know, got into that. We did a ton of new construction houses, continue to fix and flip. And then kind of fast forwarding a lot, uh, you know, in 2017, I started running into a ton of cash flow issues, right? And I ran into those issues because we had scaled, uh, you know, so far, kind of so big uh, and kind of putting this operation together. But I hadn't taken the time to kind of really back into some fundamentals. You know, like one thing I say is like when you're making a lot of money in business, it can hide a lot of flaws that you have in your business as well. Yep. And so when we started to kind of get compression in, in terms of cash flow, kind of had to, you know, reorganize the business, look at different things and, you know, again, pivot. Right. It's like, all right, how can we use this pivot foot? And that's how I ended up back in wholesaling, uh, doing a ton of wholesaling. Just to, just to make cash flow for the business. Yeah, man. So my burn rate literally was 200000 a month. So I had to make 200000 a month before I could make. And know, in and development, it's not like you're just selling stuff every day. Like, it takes a long time to get paid. doesn't work that way, right? And so, you know, another mistake I made is I didn't focus enough up front on building out my rental portfolio. You know, I waited to do that until much later kind of in the business. And so I didn't have that back-end support that a lot of people have that, you know, you get from a, a rental business is bringing in cash flow every month. Because like you just said, when you're doing development and you're building houses, you know, you're as good as your last deal, yep. right? You know, it, if something's not closing, you don't got rev coming in, but you still have teams to pay. You still have contractors that have to get paid out. You've got mortgage payments that still need to be made. So I had to kind of make those type of adjustments for sure. Yeah. So you start wholesaling and you hadn't really even wholesaled before. You were fixing and flipping, you were Correct. developing. Um, how'd that go? Man, so uh, it's interesting, all right? So <laughs> when I started out, you know, wholesaling was, uh, for lack of better words, wholesaling was a grunt work business. Yep. So this is 2008. You know, this is like, this is the time of like Friday nights, not going out with your friends. You're licking stamps, stuffing envelopes, <laughs> writing letters, you know. Putting out so, your bandit signs. Yeah, putting out bandit signs on Friday night and trying to run away from code enforcement. <laughs> So fast forward to 2017, one thing I had never stopped doing was creating my own inventory, right? We don't buy from agents. We create our own inventory. So we already had direct-to-seller marketing systems in place, right? We had never, you know, stopped doing that. Um, if anything, it was my ego, right? We're rolling. We're doing, you know, all these deals. So all this stuff that's coming in, all this deal flow that's coming in, I'm only keeping what I want to personally buy. Right. Doesn't fit that box. I have no interest Trash in it. Trash it. Trash it. And so, you know, I just realized that we're just sitting on opportunity, but I didn't realize that until I started running into cash flow problems. Yep. And I just looked at the business and said, hey, well, what's the easiest way for my skill set to start generating more revenue? Right. And it was, it was 110% was wholesaling. So I jumped back into it, and I realized something that was pretty dope, that wholesaling had drastically changed from 2008. You know, it was more of a tech process business than it was a – labor intensive business. And so I started to see that all these tools were out, all these softwares were out, all these different things were available. And so we started putting together a wholesale business and uh, they got very successful very quick because uh, I operated under like a super simple concept. And that concept was, is that per market, we want to do 10 deals per market. We want to try to average around $10,000 a month. We do 10 deals per market. It's $100,000 per market. If we can get into up to 10, you know, plus markets million bucks there you go yeah. right exactly so it's funny because i i tell people who are people be like hey you know is, is the market too competitive now is it oversaturated and i'll be like guys this is the easiest market i've ever seen in my entire life like you can make a mistake and you're still okay right. like 
when I got started in 2010 as a realtor, all these softwares didn't exist. There wasn't YouTube, everyone telling you exactly, exactly. how you to do it. Step. Like right. it just didn't exist. And even when I started flipping in 2015, it was the same thing. I was in the dark. I was like, man, okay, there's bigger pockets and that's it. Right. And, you know, thankfully, bigger pockets existed and gave me at least enough tools to get started. And, you know, fast forward today, 2022, dude, you have no excuse for not figuring out how to do it. Not at it's, all. it's as easy as possible. There's more money than ever. The market's as hot as ever. It's easier to find buyers than ever. Like, just find a deal. Right, man. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that. You know, I've had the the blessing in the last two years to, to have over 2,000 students, and what that gives you is data. Yeah. And I work with a lot of people that are brand new or they're doing, you know, a deal here and there, and they want to kind of get a consistent wholesale business. And, and what I notice is exactly what you just said, is that a majority of people's issue is not understanding how to wholesale or not understanding what tools to use or how to do this or how to do that. It's, it's really honestly simply mindset. You know, we're, a lot of people are their own barriers to the success they want to have, you know, in the business. And uh, once people kind of grasp that concept and understand, hey, you know, I really kind of need to navigate forward in this business and have a better mentality of how I approach it, you know, that's when you kind of really start to see breakthroughs in the business for sure. Yeah. No, 100%, man. So, you know, you start wholesaling, fixes the cash flow issues. Like, what's your wholesale company look like today? Yeah, so, like, right now we do about 10 to 20 deals a month, uh, and that's pretty comfortable for me. I'm in this, you know, uh, this space of uh, trying to have more impact, you know, trying to be more of service. Uh, I got challenged back in 2019. Um, you know, uh, people kept telling me to, 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 you know, teach and help and, um, to be quite frank, man, it just wasn't something I had any interest in whatsoever. Right. Uh, you know, I was kind of a hardcore real estate guy on job sites all day, every day. Uh, a friend in town, uh, we went out, had a drink and a cigar. And uh, he asked me point blank, hey, when are you going to teach more people? And uh, my, my response was never, man. I'm like, I have no interest whatsoever. And he goes, you don't know this, man, but you changed my life. He says, I got four kids. I was incarcerated before I met you and you had no idea. And he goes, I begged you to take a lunch with me for six months, and you finally went and got lunch with me. And he goes, you taught me how to change my life by teaching me wholesaling. You got to do that for more people. And I sat with that for a couple of days. He set up a dinner for me with some guys in town. Thirteen guys show up, and they're all kind of saying similar things. And I just kind of felt a motivation at that time to really, you know, see how I could kind of serve and, and, and kind of share my story, man, because the first person through the door gets shot. That's something I say all the time. I've been in business for 12 years. I've taken all these hits. I've dealt with all these problems, the cash flow stuff. And, you know, I call it being on the other side of the V, right? You know, dealing with lawsuits and different things. And so when you work through that, you know, you have to also accept the fact that you could be of service by teaching somebody else how to avoid the same things. Yeah. No, 100%, man. So super cool to see that just like the evolution of all of it. Um and, you know, to hear you doing that with wholesale, you said you got how many developments going on right now, too? So it's funny, man. We've got, we're building 36 houses in the city of Richmond right now yeah. uh, with a nonprofit in, in Richmond. Uh, now, but to be clear, like my model has changed a lot, right? So we're building and, and renovating a lot of houses, uh, but I, I don't have my hand in the day-to-day operation like I did, you know, six years ago. Right. Man, so what do you do all day, dude? Like, what, what, <laughs> what's the typical day look like? No, nah, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. So... My typical day outside of my coaching business is really kind of surrounded by looking at deals. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of a deal junkie. I underwrite, you know, sometimes a lot of our deals still, uh, they kind of come into the business. I'm just focused right now on managing and growing my business. You know, I brought in an operations manager about a year and a half ago. Uh, greatest decision I've, you know, kind of really ever made when it came to my business because it took me a little bit longer to realize, you know, I kind of had to pull myself out. So right now we're just paving our way into these new markets you know, right now we're in 11 markets. The goal is to get that to 20 by the end of this year. And I think we're on track to be able to kind of do that and do it at a really strong basis. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of my day-to-day. It's like analyzing new markets, looking at our current inventory. And then, you know, I've got my coaching business as well, so I spend a lot of time on that. Uh, but primarily it's just in, you know, kind of facilitating and helping my team grow and, and, and have success. Yeah, no, that's super dope, dude. I think, um, you know, Having all this experience and just going through everything you've gone through, um, I agree with your friend, whoever it was, man. Good on him for pushing you to get out there and share it. Um, I was very much in a similar boat where I never wanted to teach. 
Right. Um, you know, I was busy building my business. And I remember I just kept having so many people like, how do you flip houses? How are you doing it? And I was like, fine, I'll just write a book. Like, that was my solution. It was a far harder solution, actually. I was like, I literally went there and wrote Flip Your Future. <laughs> and uh, no, no experience writing a book, no idea how to publish. I'm like, dude, I'll just give them the book and like, that's it. Right. And so that was it. And then like, we need more. And I was like, okay, I'm going to film a course. So I filmed a course and right. I'm like, here's the course, take it. And people are like, how much to coach? I'm like, no coaching. I don't <laughs> want to coach. And, uh, the big thing was in my mind, I thought that to coach, you had to do one-on-one and that was the only way to coach. Yeah. And I was just like, there's no way. I don't care if you pay me any amount of money. I just don't want to do it, period. Like, to, the thought of, like, filling my day with, like, a one-on-one after one-on-one was just not for me. So uh, eventually, you know, I found other people who showed me a different way, and they said, dude, you can coach as much as or as little as you want. Like, you could build a business around multiple ways, but you could still create a lot of impact. And so... Sure. You know, I realized, you know, we could do so much with group coaching and by me training other coaches and by me creating content like this, like I could have impact on the masses and still get to do what I want. Right. Because I guess what I've realized over my years of business is I'm not good at holding people accountable. And I think that's what a good coach does is they hold you know, other people accountable. And sure, that's why we have accountability coaches. But let me tell you, I ain't one of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man. You say that, right? Like, uh, you played sports. I, I played sports growing up, and you know, I've always been super competitive by nature. But one thing I've always respected is coaching. And you know, my my coaches growing up, man, have had you know insane impact on me, uh, and just you know, just different conversations. And so, like when I when I hear you say that uh, coaching is accountability, uh, it's, it's a, I like that phrase a lot, right? Because it's it, that's really what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the accountability to get better. Right. Accountability to continue to push yourself, accountability to, you know, understand and learn, you know, that kind of thing, man. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, just how can you hold yourself accountable uh, with a coach or as a coach? I think is an incredibly great point for sure. Yeah, I think uh, when I look at sports, man, and uh, that was my first time really using coaches, right? And I didn't get a real estate coach or a business coach for a long time because I just – for whatever reason, didn't think I needed one. I was just like, oh, I can learn everything for free. That was stupid. <laughs> right. um, but as I thought about it in sports, it was like, okay, you know, I hired these good coaches to teach me first the fundamentals, right? Like help me understand what a good swing looks like, how I'm supposed to throw the ball, how I should field. And then, you know, you learn the fundamentals. And then what happens next is you have the accountability portion. Like, okay, dude. I know you don't want to do this, but you got to do these drills every single day. You have to eat the same thing every day. You got to work out the same way every day. And so having someone to push you on a daily, weekly basis is like what gets you through that next phase. But then another thing happens is you start reaching new levels in sports, right? Where what you used to do don't work. And so now you're like, okay, I'm stronger now. I'm better. But everyone else around me is better, too. So how do I beat them this time? And so you start making adjustments. And that's what a good coach does is they help they help you make adjustments as you develop as a person. And so, like, I, I learned this through sport. And then guess what, too? A lot of times uh, you don't realize it, but you start developing bad habits. Just sure. It happens without you noticing. And a good coach can see it from the outside and say, dude, what are you doing? Right. Like, look at the video. It's way different. And I started to think about this concept in real estate and business of, like, Okay, I definitely need someone to teach me the fundamentals. I need somebody to help me execute them on a daily basis. And then I need somebody that's going to tell me when I get off track. Right. It's crazy, man. No, nah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh yeah, coach coaching is you know, as somebody who played a sport, you know, coaching becomes this law it's a lost art, I think. Uh I think, you know, a long time ago, you know, it, it was an art form that people kind of truly appreciated. Now it's it's for me as a coach and, and teaching people the business, the accountability, I keep going back to that, but the accountability, sometimes it's tough love. Yeah. Sometimes it's tough conversations. And most importantly, it's always being authentic and telling the truth. And so for me, it's just always, again, first person through the door is the one that gets hit. Um, when I'm talking with people, it's how can I educate them from the perspective of, you know, understanding like uh, you flipped a lot of houses, I flipped a lot of houses. 
conversation I had recently with the student, for example, was uh, he's like, uh, he's got a very successful wholesale business, you know? And he goes, Hey, I want to, I want to flip a house. You know, I want to flip a house. I want to know the process. I want to you know, deal with the subs. I want to do all these different things. And I challenged him. I'm like, why? I'm like, well, why, like, why do you really want to do that? I think a lot of people that get into wholesaling, for example, uh, they have a mentality that um, there's these required stepping stones, you know, or processes, like we just said a few minutes ago. Yep. The way the business works now is much different than it was before. The biggest piece being that it's so much more scalable now when mm-hmm. it comes to wholesaling than it was in 2008, 2010. And, you know, my advice was to him, like, challenge yourself to get a wholesale business to $100,000 a month. Right. Like, do you know how hard it is to make a hundred grand net a month flipping houses? You're doing some serious work, right? Yeah. And but you you can do that wholesaling in kind of an easier way, and so just kind of helping people kind of get that perspective, uh, I think is beneficial because being capitalized as you move into new business opportunities where you're not bootstrapped, right, and you're you're well capitalized, that's really can what drives new business and new verticals to really kind of increase what you're trying to do. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, then my guess is you're interested in real estate investing. Some of you are just starting out while others are trying to scale their business to the next level. But the problem is with so much information out there, most people don't know which program or coach to trust. Well, I'm a bit biased, but I believe my company, Future Flipper, can help you get to the next level. We've coached thousands of students from all over the world on how to build their real estate investing business. It doesn't matter whether you want to flip, wholesale, or buy rentals. Our coaching program has everything you need to become a great investor. There are many things that we include with coaching, but to give you a few examples, you're going to get an accountability coach. These are people that have had success in their own business, and they want to make sure that you achieve success in yours. We also have all of our documents, our systems, and processes that I've used to buy hundreds of homes. You can copy and paste them directly into your own business. And we have events where you get to meet me, top-level guest speakers, and other students who are crushing it. My students do deals with each other, and I personally do deals with them too. In fact, at a recent event, I just honored over 20 people in our program that made over a million dollars in the last year. So if you want to grow your real estate business, head over to futureflipper.com and apply for a call with our team. The call is completely free and they can help point you in the right direction whether you work with us or not. So go to futureflipper.com and book your call today. For the last year, the real estate market has been on absolute fire. Prices are at all-time highs, interest rates are at all-time lows, and there is more money in the economy than ever. But with so much competition, many investors are sitting on cash, struggling to find great deals. If this sounds like you, then you need to invest with Pineda Capital. With my network and social media following, we get access to the best real estate deals all over the country. And if you're an accredited investor, you can invest with me on those deals. In fact, last year we purchased a 334 unit apartment complex in Georgia for almost $20 million. We expect it to be worth well over $30 million when it's all said and done. Our goal with each deal is to build in so much equity from the beginning that we're able to refinance our investors' cash out and own the properties together with little to no money into the deal. And the best part is, you don't have to do anything. Our team will find the deals, handle the renovations, get them leased, and eventually refinanced or sold. All you have to do is provide the capital. So if you want exclusive access to our deals before they hit the public, go to PinedaCapital.com to schedule a call. We can put your money to work today to start getting you great returns. So go to PinedaCapital.com now to get access to our deals. 100%. So, you know, talking about scale and everything, I mean, what's at this point, what's the goal? Like what's, what's uh, you asked me pre-show, like what's driving you? Like what's sure. driving you? Yeah, man, what's driving me, honestly, man, it's funny because we identify with this, is is making sure that I'm pushing myself to be the best. Uh, and whatever I whatever I choose to do, and it's not in, in, you know, I say comparison is the thief of joy, so it's not ever in comparison to anybody else, but it's my own internal fight. It's my own internal challenge. You know, how can I push myself on a daily basis uh, to get better? So my goals right now are to really build my wholesale business uh, build my fix and flip business. You know, I, I made a lot of adjustments to that business model. Right. You know, over the years and, and here as of late in the last probably two years, we've really gotten into a process and a model that works really effectively uh, for us for sure. Uh, and so just kind of continuing to chase that down. I'm not somebody, man, when I'm setting goals where I'm like, I got to make this amount of money. I got to do this. I got to do that. 
for me, literally, I write, I write, I write this down on my goal sheet. It's like, I want to make as much money as possible. Whatever, whatever God means that to be for me. Right. You know, that, that, that's what I personally want. And that's what I'm in pursuit of for sure. I love it, dude. Yeah. I tell people that all the time, you know, at the end of the day, if it, you know, there's, there's like three levels to, I don't even know what they call it, but, um, the first level is like, as far as making money goes, providing for yourself right, right and your family. And that's where 90% of people are. They're kind of just in survival mode, just trying to provide every day. Yeah. And, you know, why we teach what we teach is to help people get out of that. Right. The next phase is taking care of those around you, your fam, your parents, your friends, like whoever, right? Being able to have the resources that your family's provided for. How do you take care of other people around you? But once you reach that, then it becomes what, like what's next? I've got enough money to do all the things I want to do. And then you start thinking about what do I want, like my purpose to be on this earth? What do I want my legacy to be? And, you know, people ask me like, so what drives you? I'm like, well, the first two are taken care of, you know, we've, I've, I've got way more than I ever thought I would have. Sure. And, um, now it's like, okay, what, what's going to drive me to keep starting these businesses and to make content and do these things. And I think like the two biggest things are one, um, creating impact. Like there's, there's, for me, there's no better way to create impact than social media. Sure. Um, social media people think is a bad thing for a lot of good reasons, but, um, it's also a good thing if you make it a good thing. So, you know, there's, I don't think there's any better way to help people for me anyways than social media. But two is just the everyday pursuit of, I don't want to say greatness, but just like finding out what I'm capable of. hundred percent. And I just think, I don't know, I'm only 32. So I'm like, where can I go? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and what, then I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's funny, man. So I'm 35. All right. And I'm I'm like I have these same thoughts, and it's like, what is the true restriction? There isn't one. No, you know, and it's like it just at some point it your can mind, fit. your mind is the true there restriction, you go, right? And that that's why I say like mindset is really everything. Yeah. How I, how how hard can I push myself through the mental challenges, through the decision making, through the wins, through the losses? That's why I think sports is so critical. You know, at least for me, and I think a lot of people, is it really teaches you the fundamentals of all these things. Uh, as you get older. And so I'm really just in this mode of, man, just truly trying to push myself uh, to do great things. And that's not a financial thing. You know, when I say do great things, for me, it's really centered around impact. Uh, two years ago, I went to see this art exhibit, and uh, it was to honor a family in Richmond that had created uh, a beautiful legacy. And it, it really gave me the understanding in the moment that legacy is not built around money. Right. You know, legacy is truly built around impact and have you been of service to others. You know, when you can have conversations and you can look at, you know, it's like uh, even like in my, my, my coaching program, I call it like the charged up family tree, right? Uh, I got asked this the other day. Somebody uh, said, hey, you know, I saw one of your students uh, creating their own coaching program. And I'm like, I think that's awesome, right? I'm like, the, the true testament of your legacy and the things that you're trying to do is somebody going farther than you. Mm-hmm. You know, what what better way to show that you've been able to do something and have impact than to, to teach somebody. And then one day, hopefully they go past you or multiple people one day uh, kind of go past you. And so that's just kind of been that motivating factor, you know, kind of on a daily basis. Yeah. I think that's great, but I will say they're going to have a tough time catching up. I'm going yeah, yeah, to sure. make it tough on them. Well, if, if you, if they want to pass me, uh, of course, they better course. put in that work because I'm moving quick. Same here, man. So yeah, I mean, I, look, I got that competitive edge <laughs> yeah. too, right? So it's like, listen, if if you want to catch me, man, I'm gonna push you to your best, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not letting up. I'm doing everything that I can, you know. So you got to rise to the occasion too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with that 110 percent for sure. Yeah, man. So I mean, what do you think that the potential looks like? I mean, we're talking hypothetically here. Like, hey, every day I want to get better, and that's kind of what we learn from sports, right? Because in sports, you don't ever, you're never good enough, right? Because you're trying to get to the next level, right? Whether you're um, a high school kid trying to get to college, college trying to get to pro, pro trying to become an all-star, right? There's always a next level. And so like, you're kind of hardwired that way in sports that every day I just got to do something to improve. There's no end, but yet in real estate and business, it seems like everyone kind of has this end. They're like, yeah, once I can uh, get <laughs> X amount of passive income, I'm good. 
Hey, Man. once I can do, you know, ten deals a month, I'm good. Right. I'm like, I don't. What are you talking about? So I. <laughs> so it's funny you're saying this, man. So uh, for years, okay, for literally four years, I've had uh, I've had this number, right? What was I, the number? Uh, three hundred thousand net a month, right? Uh huh. And so I'm like, man, I'm like, when I get to this number, that's it. Like, you know, what can you what what can you do with six hundred thousand a month that you can't do with three hundred thousand a month? Nothing. We can you can do all the same things, right? I don't even know what you could do with three hundred thousand a month. But go fair, on. fair enough, right? <laughs> I and can't so, spend that. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I want to like that became a number. I don't even know where it came from. I'm like, that's the number. And uh, you know, here as of late, and I'd say probably really since the pandemic, man, pandemic changed a lot. It, it allowed me to get a lot more introspective, spend some time with myself, uh, do some internal learning uh, and, and some 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 internal building. And I realized that you know, it's like. Wait, am I am I worshiping money? Like, am I making money the, the primary driver of, of everything that I'm doing? Yep. And then if if so, you know what what does that one say about me, and two, what does it say about my character? And you know, I started really sitting on that a bit, and I realized that I was kind of really making mistakes uh, in these philosophies of goals. And so that's when I kind of transitioned to, like, I want to impact as many lives as possible. I want to make as much money as I'm supposed to make. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I'm not quantifying that by any number. You know, I don't have any type of flashy lifestyle or anything like that. You know, I like uh, in investing in cool stuff. I like building cool stuff, and I like having fun, creative things to do. Uh, now, some of that stuff obviously costs money to be able to, to make happen, but um, my story is going to be, at the end of the day, man, how many people I was able to touch and impact, uh, you know, and, and that's why I've been so kind of entrenched in my, you know, education business uh, because the goal, right, since we're talking about goals, is when I set it up, I said to myself, how can I make this for everybody else what I needed somebody to be for me 10 years ago? Right. If I can accomplish that, I mean, if I was able to go out here and swing for the fence, right, uh, make all these mistakes, uh, still persevere, uh, you know, yada, 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 you know, I have to bottle that in some way. Right, and I have to speak from these experiences to people, uh, so they can then be impacted, and they can have the opportunity to not make these same mistakes. You know, like I'm African American, and a lot of my audience, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having that conversation of, you know, look, these are clear opportunities to get better. Right, right. These are clear opportunities to make things happen. You know, look at life without restriction, uh, and so you know, that, that's the goal, man, is to, to chase that out. I love that, dude. As the world starts to go more digital, you need to be aware of which businesses are going to thrive in the future. One of the obvious ones is e-commerce. In fact, last year, e-commerce sales did over $4 trillion globally, and it's continuing to grow. Now, if you're like most people, you probably don't have time to learn a whole new industry and start a new business, but there is another way. You could partner with us at Lunar Ecom. We have over 300 e-commerce stores that we have created and managed for our clients. And the best part is it's completely passive on their end. The business model is very simple. You cover the cost of creating and running the store. We handle everything else. We pick the products, we handle fulfillment, returns, and customer satisfaction. After all that, we split profits at the end of the month. This means that when you win, we win. If you wanna learn more about how it works, you can watch our case study at lunarecom.com. I believe that the e-commerce space is going to continue to explode as the world goes digital. So make sure you're with the right partner who's going to be ahead of those trends. So go schedule a call with my team today at LunarEcom.com if you want to learn about how we can start taking your passive income to the moon. Most people want to get rich at all costs. They make sacrifices with their family, their health, and their faith all in the pursuit of money without even realizing it. But what if I told you it doesn't have to be that way? What if you could grow your wealth in all areas of life? Well, it's possible, and that's why I created The Wealthy Way. It's a community of people striving to grow together in all areas. And we have multiple tools for you to use that are completely free. You can get access to The Wealthy Way Planner, where you can set goals and hold yourself accountable on a daily basis. We also have our Wealth Builder Academy, which is over four hours of content teaching you how to manage your time, create the right goals, and all the biggest secrets I've used to grow my life, not only in my net worth, but in all aspects. Lastly, we have our Discord community where thousands of wealth builders are all over the world encouraging one another and growing together. And once again, all of this is completely free. There are no upsells, there are no hidden catches. For me, 
This is a passion project and I want to build a community of like-minded people. So if you want to start living the wealthy way today, go to wealthyway.com. There you can get all the free resources like the course, planner, and Discord community. So go to wealthyway.com. You know, I have this thing called, uh, well, I didn't invent it. <laughs> it's called, it's from the, I think, what's the book called? The Road Less Stupid. Um, it's called Think Time. And Think Time is something I use to do internal reflecting. And essentially what you do is you set a certain amount of time. It could be 20 minutes, it could be 30 minutes, an hour, whatever you want to do, right? You go and get a notebook. Don't use your phone because you'll get distracted. And you ask yourself difficult questions. And so you write down the question, right? And um, for you, you just said it might have been, is, am I worshiping money? Right. And from there, you just start answering it like, you know, well, let's make a list, okay? Does it look like I'm pursuing money and my activities? And then you start writing them down. Like, what does my day-to-day look like? Is that a reflection of the pursuit of money or, you know, Am I saying one thing, but I'm doing something else? And I've used this for the last two years. I have a notebook that's just full of questions that I'm internally reflecting on for myself. Um, and sometimes they're for my business, too, and just different problems we're having. And I say, okay, you know, here's the problem. Uh, how can I solve this? And right. I'll just start writing every solution that could be an answer. And so many of my things that I've created – have come from that, just taking the time to sit there and reflect and think. And I think most people never do that, like, period. A hundred percent. Most people, when they have downtime, they just decide to go watch TV. Right. To go on social media. To go just fill it with content or something, right? And that's the wrong thing. I spend so much time by myself, like, just thinking, probably more than... I don't know. You might call me a monk or something. But uh, <laughs> I sit there and I think, and I'm like, huh. And then I just get, like, good ideas. Well, that's, that's where the answers are, man. Uh, I hired a meditation coach uh, probably three years ago and uh, didn't take it really serious in the beginning, didn't practice the way that I should have. Uh, so now I meditate twice a day and uh, I do transcendental meditation, so silent meditation, and it gives me space to think, you know, Uh we're running businesses and trying to perform every day at a very, very high level. And, you know, your brain can get clogged, man. You can have a lot going on. You know, still time and self-reflection is super important. Had a conversation with a guy one day, and uh, he says, hey, I talked to myself in the mirror. And I'm kind of like, yeah, <laughs> okay. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, he's like, seriously, man. He's like, I talk to myself every day in the mirror. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, about what, you know? And he's like, listen, man, he says, if you can't confront yourself, what does that mean, right? right. Uh, and he goes, I talk to myself on a daily basis. It's a checkpoint, you know, uh, where am I at with certain things? Am I holding myself accountable? Where am I falling short in my life personally, professionally? You know, all these different things. And at the end of the day, you know, what people should take away from that is that's truly what makes us better performers and business owners, At the, you know, when, when it's all, you know, kind of said and done. Right. Now, I... I haven't tried talking in the mirror, but I will say, um, I remember maybe six years ago now, I started doing a morning routine and, um, I started writing in a journal and, uh, you know, I'd heard people say like positive affirmations, do this, do that, talk in the mirror. And I'm like, that stuff is so lame. (laughs) I am not doing that. Um, and then I started to think about it and I was like, well, I always relate everything back to sports. I was like, I used to do that in sports, like unknowingly. I'd be hyping myself up. I'm like, I'm about to mess Man, this fool up, Pre, dude. That pregame conversation? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. guy, I'm about to hit this home run. Like, I'm visualizing it. I'm like, I'm about to do this, do that, and I'm going to make a sick play. And, like, I was doing positive affirmations through visualization. And, um, But to hear it as a journal or something different, I was like, no, nah, that's, that's losers. That's what they do. And uh, I realized, like, no, dude, like, that's very important. And so... I've been journaling for the last five years. I haven't missed a day. Oh, man, that's awesome. I just journal. I write, you know, things I'm grateful for. I write things I want to do that day. You know, um, I don't necessarily write affirmations like, Ryan, you're the best. I don't, I still think that's kind of corny. But (laughs) um, I do visualize, like, my day. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to crush it. 
here's how it looks. And then I go do it because I've right. already seen it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and we, I think we got to have more of these conversations too, right? Where it's, you know, a lot of times we get stuck in, you know, just all business conversations. And, you know, it's not to be repetitive, but it's like I'm saying, right? It's like mindset, you know, is the cornerstone, it's the backbone of what drives everything. You know, my statement is always, you know, uh, we work out, we do all these different things, we exercise all these muscles and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but, but why are we not exercising the brain in the same with the same intensity with the same purpose? Yeah, uh, and so I, I think that's definitely something that that we all we all need to to kind of really take away. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more. I like, I think about this all the time. Like, I truly feel that I guess my biggest competitive advantage is my brain, like you right. said, and like being able to like. There's so many aspects to your brain that people don't think about like, okay, there's the actual knowledge of things, you know, right. And so I think about for the last, I don't know, four or five years, I've been reading at least like 30 books a year. Right. And I've, I've gone through different seminars, coaches, everything. I've absorbed so much information the last four years that just my competition has not. Right. And so like when I go to draw to make a decision, I now have so much information to draw from and different um, perspectives of things and, like, okay, like, and I, I know for a fact it's made my decision-making so much more sound and logical because it's not emotion-based. It's based on there you go experiences, right? So, I mean, like, that's one aspect of, like, your brain and mindset. You know, the other aspect is just dealing with stress and emotions. And so you see so many entrepreneurs who have so much struggle with anxiety and stress and um, anger and making just rash decisions, and um, I haven't had to deal with that as much because I think I take the time to actually like <laughs> deal with my emotional health, like right. of like, yo, five o'clock, I'm checking out of the office, dude. I don't care <laughs> what it. happens, like I'm done. Right. Because if my mind just always is on, like, dude, burnout. Of course, I'm done. Yeah, I think what, one thing I like that you mentioned is perspective. Um, you know, it's important to understand that like life is based on perspective, like everything is perspective. And most people, you know, don't take time to, and I used to be this person where we don't think through the different perspectives that are at play uh, and, and in our decision making and really the realization, like you just mentioned, that, you know, thinking through and putting respect to like these different trains of thought, these different perspectives that is what drives your decision-making. That's what allows you to grow. That's what allows you to scale because you've given yourself some grace and patience to really kind of truly think things through. Yeah, no, 100%. So for anyone listening, I would just highly encourage you guys to treat your mind um, as a muscle, like Chris said, uh, but also, like, take it serious. Take this self-reflection time serious daily. Take your education seriously um, because it'll make your decisions so much easier, like, I'm 32, so I'm I'm still young compared to most business people. So it's like for me to draw from experience is more difficult um, because I'm just younger. I haven't gone through right. things a lot of these guys have gone through. But if I can fast track that by gaining their knowledge through books, through mentorship, whatever, um, it gives me essentially all these years of wisdom that I didn't really have to actually go through. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. You know, uh, my dad growing up, used to, uh, like, he might have military, you know, he'd lock us in the room an hour a day and say, you got to read. Dude, you know? good dad. Great dad. Uh, <laughs> at the time... You hated it. Oh, bro, it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I thought it was insanity. And uh, as I got older, I developed a habit of consistently reading. Yeah. And, you know, that was for me in college what helped me realize, you know, before I, you know, quasi dropped out, right? Was the, was the really, <laughs> we'll say you dropped out. <laughs> right, let's say we dropped out for sure. <laughs> so what happens is I'm I'm constantly self-learning. I'm constantly reading. Yeah. And then you start to have the realization like, well, wait a second. All this information is stored in these books. Anything that I want to learn, anything that I want to figure out, it's located somewhere. Yep. You know, what's the right text to find for it? You know, who's the best author that can speak to it? Get it and consume it. You know, it's the same thing like, I don't, I don't know if you're this way, but I mean, YouTube, for example, man, it's like anything that I'm trying to figure out, if I don't know it from the beginning, 
I'm like, let me YouTube it and see if there's an instruction on YouTube on how to do. Right. I can't think of the last thing I tried to find on YouTube and, and learning how to do it, and it wasn't there. Right. You know, and things can kind of be that simple, but it that takes time. And you know, I do want to say I think the people don't spend that time yet, uh, and they haven't gotten to that point of growth in their their businesses or personal development really is what it is, is because generally speaking, we attach – reaching the goal to the monetary outcome. So it's like, all right, have I made money from this or not? Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Is it going to return me back a dollar or is it not going to? And these are the little things, you know, they're reading the books, the journaling, they're talking to yourself in the mirror if that's your thing. You know, all things, by the way, that I also thought were corny at one point as yeah. well. You know, um, those, that's where you kind of draw your personal line in the sand. That's the extra work. You know, if you're somebody that's working a full-time job and, you know, you're watching clips on YouTube, you're in these Facebook groups or coaching programs, whatever the case might be. Look, you know, if you get off work at five o'clock, you've only got truthfully a couple hours a day to work on your business. You know, you, you got a family, I'm sure, you know, maybe children to take, uh, to take, you know, take care of these different things. So you're at a point of like true time maximization. Like how can I take the time that I have? Maybe it's five to eight, five to nine, but you can't make phone calls after nine. You can't send text after nine. Right. So it's like, how can I truly maximize this time? Well, that time that you talked about earlier, you know, not watching TV, not watching movies, not going out to the bar, whatever that looks like, like that nine to one, two in the morning, like that's the place where your business is made. You know, that's the time where you're reading. That's the time where you're self-reflecting. That's the time where you're journaling, carving out the extra time past what just is, has, gives you the perspective that it's going to, hey, I'll do this and I'll make this for doing it. Yeah, or just wake up really early. You know? Or just wake up super early. Yeah, like, it, but either way, people can carve out the time. Got to find the time. To do these things we're talking about. And you actually just made me realize something that I don't know that I've ever mentioned on the podcast after all these episodes, um, is that the things that you do on a daily basis, your habits, you don't get any money or value from them um, right away. And it's hard for people to do things that don't give them instant gratification, right? And so uh, some, some good examples, right? Like when I first started um, making social media content, no TikTok followers, no YouTube, you know, brand new podcast, whatever. Um, you know, I went into it knowing that, hey, I'm going to do this every day and there's not going to be a return. Like I'm not going to make money from this immediately. <laughs> right. uh, I'm going to actually spend a bunch of money. And I'm going to put in so much time when, in reality, today I could be uh, going and flipping some houses and going on seller appointments. Things I know will give me a return right then and there. Yep. But I understood that if I stayed with it, even if it took years, the value would be there down the road, long term, you know, monetarily and in other ways, right? And it worked out. Um, quicker than I thought. And it's just like getting through that hard part where everyone quits. You know, everyone quits because they're not getting a return and they just never get to the end. But like the other part where I've seen this is in everyone's daily habits. And so, uh, you know, you think about this uh, with your marriage, take it for example, right? You, you work all these nights and everything else and it's fine for a little bit. You know, you don't notice anything, but you know, you do it, start doing it for years. Right. And all of a sudden, like, how did my wife and I become so distant? Well, it's like, yeah, you didn't see it, but over time, it just caused this riff. Same thing with eating bad, right? You, you don't work out, you don't eat right. Yeah, it's not going to affect you immediately, but over time, you're like, how did I gain 30 pounds? For sure, yeah. And, you know, I think about all of these things that people do, whether it's drinking, whether it's smoking, whether it's, you know, any of this crap that people do that we know is not good for you, eating sugar, um, you do it for an extended period of time, it will always catch up with you. But there's the flip side of it. The people that do the right things on a daily basis, like they don't necessarily reap the reward right away, right away. But guess what? Five years down the line, they've been doing everything the right way. You know, they've taken care of their body, they're reading their books, they're, you know, spending time with their family. They're doing all these right things. Five years later, everyone that was with them is so far behind. A hundred percent. Because of all the, and there's no way to catch up. You cannot. You're You're too far ahead. You can't catch up. You cannot make up five years of neglect right. of one thing. And it's funny now because, like, we're getting older, dude. Like, uh, 
it seems like every entrepreneur I talk to, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm getting on testosterone now. Like my T was, my <laughs> right. T was low. I've had that conversation with a bunch of people. They're telling me, dude, that, yeah. I hear it all the time. They're like my T's going low. to specialized doctors and yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm like, your T is low because you treat your body like crap. Like, right. dude, what do you think? Uh, you eat like crap. You overwork. You're stressed. Uh, yeah, I would guess your T's low. Right, right. It's not. I don't have to be a rocket scientist to to get this. But guess what? If you just take care of yourself, your body levels and everything are going to regulate themselves. Yeah. Testosterone didn't exist, you know? <laughs> right. Well, you <laughs> couldn't go years. to specialized stuff. <laughs> yeah. Man, so that's a fair point, right? <laughs> you know, so here's how I kind of li- – this is my perspective on that, all right? Um, I have all these conversations, and I think about what people are saying to me in, in different contexts. And it all call- it all falls to the same point, is we just don't like resistance, right? We We as people do not like – resistance the realization though is that everything that you want is on the other side of the resistance it's just simple it's just like am i willing to like push through this point without any immediate result right like you're saying can i instant gratification can i let that go and and we are in a space and you know just as, as society where it's hard to turn away from this pursuit of Instant gratification. I'd encourage everybody to do so. Uh, I didn't pay myself in my first two years of making money in real estate. I started really making money in 2010. I never took a, a dime out of my company yeah. uh, until 2012. Yeah. And uh, that took discipline that I didn't know that I had at that time. Yep. Uh, and it wasn't like some like master plan, like, hey, yep. it, it, was, it was just simple. It's like, well, make $15 an hour right now. Uh, I live with my mom, right? What's the rush? Right. You know, I, I've started making some money. Do I really need to, like, immediately go buy a house or rent a brand-new apartment or go buy a new car? No. Yeah. Because if I've been able to do this, like, if I've been able to create this in 24 months in the same spot that I was at 24 months ago, well, then, all right, how fast can this now compound and become more rapid? Right. And that's how we got to doing 40 deals a month, right, or 40 deals a year was by having kind of those basis of kind of understanding. But there was a lot of resistance. But, you know, again, it's like if you hit resistance, can you work to the other side of it? That doesn't come from, you know, what I call copy and paste in the play. You know, it's like, uh, again, comparisons to Tifa Joy. It's like, oh, I see Ryan's doing this. Let me go do the exact same thing or what I perceive to be the exact same thing. Well, if I haven't talked to you, man, I don't know if, if I'm doing exactly what you're doing or not, you know? Right. Uh, so kind of just starting to have those realizations, I think, is something that's really kind of important. It's been important for me. I think it's definitely important for, for other people to see as well. Yeah. No, I love it. Well, dude, man, um, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. And um, I love talking about the mindset stuff and, um, you know, hearing what you're doing, a lot of the same uh, beliefs and uh, philosophy. So, uh I'm super glad you came out, dude. Really appreciate it. Uh, where can everyone find you? Yeah, man. So uh, first and foremost, I appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, I think you're doing beautiful things in the industry. I think you're impacting a lot of people. Uh, so I, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, to find me, man, you can check me out on Instagram. It's the best place, at the Chris Jefferson on Instagram. Uh, shoot me a DM, man. If, uh, you know, I try to answer my DMs. I'm not the best, all right, at, at getting back right away. Uh, but uh, shoot me a message. I'll be happy to tap in with you and communicate and kind of see what you got going on. And, uh, you know, my, my encouragement, man, for everybody is just continue to press forward, continue to chase your dreams, and uh, make things happen. I love it, bro. Make sure you guys go follow Chris, show him some love, and uh, if you got value out of this podcast, definitely subscribe. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for watching The Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download, so head over to ryanpineda.com.